talking about the need of a some type of school of ministry. And in the uh, fall of 2011, we started. And we just had different people come in and teach. And, and we, we met on, um, I believe it was Tuesday nights during that time, was it Wayman? And, and, uh, and it was really good. We had a lot of people coming out and being involved. And, um, and about, about two years into it, uh, I, I began to learn more and more and more about the school of ministry that the Bethel Church used out in California, and that, that material was available to be able to for satellite-type schools of ministry. And so in 2013, we started that. And, um, and so over the years, we've had people to come through, have graduate the school of ministry. Uh, and, uh, and so every year, we usually this time, we, we have a moment where the school of ministry just ministers and uh, whether they're graduating year one, year two, year three, whatever. But it's an amazing school, to active, really to activate you into kingdom living. You know, we, we, we know that God has called us to walk out and to represent his kingdom, but sometimes we don't know how to do that. And it's a school to be discipled, to be taught, to be encouraged, to, to discover who you are in Christ and discover the gifts that are in your life and see them activated in your life, and see lives being changed. And it goes from usually uh, September through June here. And uh, so we are blessed to have uh, David and Debbie Halcom, who, who oversees the School of Ministry. We have a number of, and only introduced to different teachers that are a part of this. But it has been such a blessing in this house. And you're just seeing lives being touched and changed. And so, David and Debbie, come on up. Let's welcome David and Debbie Halcom, our school directors. Thank you so much, Pastor Doug. Thank you so much for the nice greeting. But we just give glory to God because it is truly the Lord that has brought us into this place. Um, I, I didn't know the story that it was back in 2009 that it was birthed in you guys. So, how neat that 10 years later, here we are, still going strong. Um, as Pastor Doug mentioned, we've been um, meeting in the downtown campus and also at Short Pump for about four or five years now. Uh, um, and and we've, we've recently renamed it to the Richmond School of Supernatural Ministry because we've had so many people come in from the Richmond area, other p places. We just had a church plant out in Charlottesville. Um, they heard about us through a Zoom call, so they started their own. Um, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry as well. So um, it's really growing. And then we just recently had two pastors in the Chester Colonial Heights area met with us, and they are very excited about bringing this to their church as well. So God is growing the school, and he's growing us. And, um, you know, I, I'm just going to briefly say um, just a couple of things, because we have so many amazing leaders today that we are going, you're going to meet, and school students that you're going to you're going to see just the glory of God on them and, and the, pre the presence that's in their lives. But, um, you know, one of the things the Lord has really clearly uh, shared with us um, in this season is knowing who you are in Christ and, and knowing that you are chosen. And, you know, like, I love that song, I am who you say I am. Because once you know who you are in Christ— you know, everything changes. You don't have to live like an orphan. You don't have to live like a victim. You can live like a child that's loved and em embraces Daddy God and embraces the love of the Lord. And so the verse that he gave me this morning, we all know it, but I'm going to read it as if you're hearing it for the first time. It's in Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so for a moment, if you don't mind, I just want to speak to the students and say to you, you are chosen, but nothing can separate you. Even though graduation time comes and it's exciting and we're moving on to new phases in life, you can take everything you've learned and keep carrying it with you. Because when you are persuaded, you're really convinced, right? 
When, you, when someone persuades you, when a child says, can I please, can I please, can I please, can I please, and eventually you go, okay, right? You're persuaded that they really believe this and they want it. So are we living a life of persuasion? Are we living a life of confidence in the Lord? Or are we shrinking back and saying, oh, well, you can go do that. A few months ago, Chip Bueller came to our church, and he shared a word that hit me very hard. And he gave this amazing, amazing sermon, but the very last part of it hit me. Most of you know I'm an IT girl. And so when I heard tag, you're it, I thought about how we tag people, how we tag people on things, and we label people, and we tag them in a picture and tag this. But what hit me was tag, you're it. You know, tag, you're it. You know, tag, you're it. See, I can stand up here all day long and tell you what he's done, and all these people can tell you, but until you take it and, and take it as, I'm it, I'm the only person to share what Jesus has done, then that's how we create the world to be changed, and we become world changers. Amen? So that's where the Lord has been speaking to me, just on that little tag you're it. But the one thing I want to make sure that we are not missing is that in our school of ministry, we stand on the Word of God. We, as leaders, we seek the Lord through his word. We hang around godly leaders. We come to them and submit to them when we have problems. We come and share our hearts with them when we need them. We ask for prayer because all of us need prayer, right? Because we know who our daddy is, but we also know who's an authority because we come up under authority. And so because of that, we teach our students It is key that you walk in your authority, but that you submit to your leaders. Because when you submit to your leaders, everything changes. You know, it's when you step out and say, oh, I got it. I got this. I got this. I don't need what you have. And then you start isolating yourself and you start living alone. And then you've got your own little kingdom. You know, doesn't that sound familiar? What someone did many, many years ago, tried to pull away, tried to pull Eve away. It starts in the garden, y'all. And see, what we do in this school is we bring everybody back to the garden of Gethsemane, back to the place of, you know, not my will, but your will, Lord. You know, that's where our authority is with Jesus, right? So we come back to that garden. So we now get transformed and we're renewed. And we're able to walk out, walk out that door and say, I see that guy with a wheelchair and I I don't want him to stay like that. And we we get compelled by love just like Jesus did. You know, Jesus, when he was walking, when Jesus was um, tired and he had fed the 5,000, he was walking away. And it it says in the word, it was his love that compelled him to stop again. He was tired. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He wanted to go spend time with Abba God, but he stopped and he said it was the love of God that compelled him. And so it is the word of God that we stand on, the word, period. So when we stand on the word, that doesn't mean just reading a verse. That means you study it and you show yourself approved. Pastor Rifle stands up here. Pastor Doug, many of the pastors, Manny, it just comes out of them because they study it to show themselves approved. And when you study the word to show yourself approved, God's going to be glorified, not you. He's just using you. We're just conduits of love, people. We're just people. We're just all. We've all fallen short, right? All of us. So we all have to stay in that flow to be the conduit of love. And with that, we stay humble. We stay humble. I, I, I look at one of my, our leaders and one of my dear friends, Sue, and what she's gone through this year and how she's still standing. She's gone through some very traumatic things, but she doesn't let it go down and take her down. She comes up. And I look out here, and I see many of you, and I know your stories. But there's a story that you have that can be told, right? There is a story that you have that can be told that, No one else knows until you share it. And so I say that to, we have to know that we are confident in our story. We have to know that we are convinced and persuaded that he is able to use us. And then God is glorified. The last verse I'm going to leave with you is, um, you know, um, actually there's two things. When you're praying for your leaders and you walk in authority, just do it with joy because joy is so contagious. You know, people laugh at me because I get, like, hit with Holy Spirit, and I used to get embarrassed about it, and I'd, like, hold it in, and he's like, why are you holding in? Why are you holding in, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you're just afraid people are going to laugh at you. It's when you become undone, when you become undignified like David did, and he danced before 
all of Israel, guess what? Everybody, everything changed, right? Everything changed. And so it's okay. We give you permission to become undignified and be happy and be joyful because that's what the real church of Acts did, right? They got accused of being drunk in the morning. And they weren't drunk on, on food and wine. They were drunk on Holy Spirit. So that's what we teach in our school. And so my, my, my lifelong verse, but one I just, even when I read it again, it makes me just love the Lord more. It says, Beloved, I pray, and this is for you and everybody, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. And we sit here with our beautiful pastor's wife. She's not shrinking back. She's moving forward and she's in health. And so we pray that over her. That her, she and she said she said to me earlier, this is the funnest journey I've ever been on. Right? Pastor Cindy said, This is the funnest journey I've ever been on. How many people do you know like Cindy Watson? See, we submit to that kind of leadership, and we get the overflow. Come on. Because we can be sad for a moment, because weeping does last sometimes for a night, but joy comes in the morning, right? You wake up, yay, I'm alive. Yay, there's somebody out there that needs to hear about Jesus. Yay, God. We can share that, and we can be passionate. So I'm going to pass this on to David. Green light, green light. Can you hear me? Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. All right. You know, one thing I want to add to what she read there in Romans 8, one thing that was not in that list that does have the ability to keep you from the love of God is your past. If you haven't properly processed your past, you can still be that victim. You can still be that orphan. You can still be disconnected from God. Because you're disconnected with the people around you, your parents, per se. You weren't treated right. So as, as one of the things we're learning in the school is how to properly process our past and leave it behind us. Amen? We got to go see the, uh, the Elton John movie this weekend. And there's some scenes in it that you got you to gotta close your eyes. I mean, he was the man of the world. But it shows specifically his issues started at a very young age because his father rejected him. Father never affirmed him, never once hugged him, never once said, I love you. It destroyed him as a child. And it, and it clearly shows that in the movie. And it follows him his whole life through every dysfunctional behavior that he got into. And it's so strategic to first be able to process our past. You know, we've got to realize now that we're a new creation, he didn't know who he was at that time to love me when I was a kid. He didn't understand God's love. How can I expect him to have treated me the way my heavenly father does? Amen? So that was the first thing we're learning to do. And then we're learning to live in the present, right? And then live with hope expectantly toward the future. But um, identity, that's one of the, also one of the first tracks that we get onto in the school is what was the original sin with Eve? What did the enemy deceive her of? You can be like God. She was made in God's image. And what did he do to Jesus in the, in the, in the wilderness? If you're the son of God, do this. Trying to prove something that was already true. And he does that to each one of us. Pushes us down. Makes us think that we're not really who we are. And when we see that and realize that, whoa, the chains come off. And we're seeing that in each one of these groups. We've got four years of students. Because Bethel does a nine-month program, four days a week, we do one day a week. So we can't get through a whole year of their material in a year of our school. So it takes us two years to get through almost one year of theirs. So we got four years' worth of students doing two years' worth of curriculum, just to kind of make it easy to understand, unless I confused you more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're learning about who we are in Christ. We're learning about the goodness of God. 
just like we sang about today. Because if you don't truly understand that God is good all the time, you'll get stumped up. You know, how many times have you heard of a current prophetic voice prophesy, oh, that hurricane that hit New Orleans is judging them for the sin. It's like, you know, there was a divide in the prophetic ministry between Old Covenant and New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, we look at Elijah, who was a prophet. What was the prophetic ministry? Calling down fire from heaven, you know, judging people, giving direction to kings, things of that nature. When we skip over to the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 14, we read that prophetic ministry is building up, encouraging, and edification. Right. So building up. How many of you were edified this morning when the team went around and prayed for you? I was. I was blessed by a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> God's not. He, he can use anybody who's willing, who's able. But... It's, it's encouraging. And another thing that kind of frustrates me in this day and age with the Internet is you'll see a major prophetic voice have this big prophecy on their website, and this is going to happen on this day, and blah, blah, blah. And the next day after, when it didn't happen, that page is just missing. There's no apology. There's no accountability in the prophetic. And, you know, in the prophetic, we, in the New, New, New Testament, we no longer judge people. We judge prophecy, right? And so our school is a safe place where we can learn to prophesy without being critically judged, right? We can judge the word and say, hey, you know, when, when you said this, there was kind of a negative twist to that, you know? And what's going on? Did, did, did you experience something as a kid that might be putting you in a motivation to prophesy in this way? You know, let's process that. Let's find out what it is. Let's get rid of it. And let's move forward so we can, prof- we can be edification. <clears throat> um, something else. Um, I forgot where I was going. But anyway, there are, for, uh, Ephesians 4 tells us there's five kinds of grace. It talks about the gifts of Christ. And if you think about it, Jesus moved in every area of ministry, right? He was so powerful, there's very little chance that any one of us is going to move in all five. Those are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And it's crucial that we receive grace from each and every one of those gifts because Ephesians 4 also says this is going to be the way it is until you come into the perfect picture of the Son of God. Amen? Until you're looking just like him in the earth. He can look down from heaven and see his reflection in your life. And we've got pastoral ministry on staff. We've got a teaching um, gift. We've got Manny, I don't know what he is, prophetic evangelist. But <laughs> he, he can move in a few different areas. We have um, Bill Bennett who comes in as an apostolic. He pushes apostolic grace, right? And the whole time I grew up in the Baptist church, I was the son of a Baptist preacher, the church was pretty much a nonprofit organization, we didn't have prophetic ministry. And so, <laughs> I was missing that prophetic grace. And, and as I came into prophetic ministry about 2005, there was a void that got filled up because that's how I'm motivated. I'm motivated prophetically. When I see things, when I look at things, I look through a prophetic eye. And so, I, I therefore have to tone down a lot of responses to life because, you know. Amen. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's crucial that we get those five, um, five different types of grace. And um, if you you look at it like this, I heard this uh, example from Chris Valentin. Take a, a soda fountain. You've got root beer. You've got Coke. You've got Sprite. You've got Diet Coke. And he jokes, well, that's, no, that's, that's a false prophet. <laughs> you got ginger ale. <laughs> They're all five different flavors, but what's the commonality? The soda, right? So they all have grace, but there's different flavors of grace that flavor your life differently, give you different perspectives, give you different understandings about how, how ministry is to be held. But... Uh, We won't go on much more into that, but identity is crucial, knowing who you are, the goodness of God, um, 
and also forgiveness, right? Without forgiveness, we, it, we find it hard to move forward, right? We find it hard to step out and to uh, bless people with prophetic ministry. So I do have my glasses. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Let Sue come up. So um, we're going a little out of order. Come on up, Sue. And um, then we have some amazing testimonies that are going to rock your world. But Sue's been doing school of ministry um, at Williamsburg while she actually facilitates in our school. So on Monday night, she drives to Williamsburg, and she's with that group. She's been for quite a few years still going through the curriculum in, in, with them. And then on Tuesday night, she leads. And this is your third year with us, correct? So Sue's going to share a little bit about what school of ministry is. Yeah, I'm just honored um, to be able to speak today and tell you what school of ministry is, but more or less what it really has done even for my life. Um, as she said, I started almost nine years ago going to Williamsburg with really good friends of mine. And it's been incredible because I've just seen God's goodness and him in, unfold in such a way as I've seen it in all the students here. But um, I'll share specifically, um, I and my family walked through quite a tragedy this last October. And um, I was praying about this this morning, and I just wanted to share with you really on God's goodness. Because um, going through such a, uh, we lost my sister, and um, this school and, and how they loved not only me, but my family. I mean, Debbie and a few of the students came to my mom's house that night, prayed with us. But even beyond that, they all got together and they prayed and they prophesied and spoke over this whole situation in my life. And I've never really experienced that um, in such a depth, like to hear the voice of God. And I want to say that um, this teaching came back that Bill Johnson did. So, see, there's so many teachings that you are going to receive when you're going through the school ministry weekly. Um, Bill Johnson, um, Danny Silk, Chris Valentin, there's wonderful speakers, and they really are pouring into your life. And this one time he shared about, um, I don't know if you realize, his father was a pastor, and that's who influenced his life. And his father was very sick and ended up passing away of cancer. And this was very, very difficult for not only the Bethel Church, but for the Johnson family because they had authority over cancer in the town of um, Redding, California. And they just struggled, like they couldn't comprehend it. But I remember Bill Johnson sharing that if you will give me a sacrifice here while on earth, a sacrifice of your praise during this time, because they were devastated, this came back to me so clearly, he said, because that's something you will never be able to do in heaven. You'll never be able to praise and worship me in your deepest loss. And honestly, that word became so prevalent to me during that season that I lost my sister. And I had so many around me that loved and encouraged and poured out love in so many ways you can't even imagine. Um, but I say all that because God is the one who has done the work. He, I mean, I think one time I stepped back and I went, wow, I am such a different person than I was five years ago. I mean, I look back and what David was sharing about how you're getting healed of your past, you're finding out who you are, um, prophetic words that are spoken over you, you really grab those prophetic words and you feel them, you understand them, you realize them and you believe them. So I'm telling you this today, that when you are sp spoken over, prayed over, prophesied over, really um, take to your heart, ask the Lord, is this for me? And then really pray over those words, because there's power. There's power in what is being spoken over you. In this house, it's just very powerful. So I just give God all the glory, and thank you for letting me share. So one of the things that we also learn in school of ministry is um, about words of knowledge and um, lots of prop opportunities to practice prophecy. So every Tuesday night, we, uh, one of the leaders, they pray and they ask the Lord, what are we going to do tonight? And so the Lord will give them this amazing activation. And so Jamie was on one night. Jamie, come on up. And Jamie had um, an amazing opportunity to share, but from his word that he shared or his um, activation... Um, Nicole and Britt, come on up. 
completely got ministered to. So this is a triple uh, testimony. Go for it. Uh, okay. Well, actually, I was going to talk about a couple things, but just healing in the marketplace. Yeah, just really encourage people that, like you said, we talk about the fivefold, like he was talking about, but how everybody that has said yes to Jesus is a minister and how we really do need to share Jesus with everybody. And I just, there's so many opportunities as your jobs, your school, your grocery shopping, how you just stop and talk to people. It's a lot of people have a fear about it, but it's really easy. And like, especially when you see sick people, just to stop and pray for people. And I do it a lot of times. And when I get the reaction is they're shocked that you would actually stop and talk to them. And it's amazing that, you know, here we fill up with teaching after teaching after teaching. We run up to the altar and we get blessed and then we just go home and sit with it. And it's like we're supposed to release that, you know, all of us. And people are really amazed that you would just stop there. You're like, who are you? I'm like, I'm just a Christian. You know, and they're like, you know, just because you stopped and prayed for them. But so I just encourage everybody, please just remember, love your neighbor. You know, but uh, we were doing this activation and it was on discerning of spirits. And it was actually using your senses, taste and smell, and how the Lord will do it. So we just said, look, Lord, let's activate and do taste. And a lot of people, you know, have never really done this, but it was just an activation of he can use your senses as a way of, yeah, so it's like a word of knowledge, but it is use smell. Like you can smell and discern evil and good. So we did this activation, and actually, this is really their testimony, so I'll just leave it to them. So I was paired with Nicole, um, and we were doing smell. We were going to smell, like, in the spirit realm. And so I just asked Holy Spirit uh, what he could possibly have for Nicole, and I smelled coffee. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, maybe that's just me and my natural. Like, of course, she drinks coffee probably every day, right? Um, But I heard the word alert, like being alert. Um, and then I smelled, like, a, like a really bad smell, like a garbage smell. I was like, whoa, that's weird. What could that be? Um, and immediately what came to my head was a spirit of strife. And so I just gave that to her. So, whoa, that is a hot mic. Um, so she says coffee, and then she says strife, right? And I'm sitting there, and next thing I am blown away by what Holy Spirit shows me because... In the morning for the last, like when she shared this with me for the last two weeks, I'd been sitting, first thing as I wake up in the morning, I have my cup of coffee and my kids break out in fights, which makes me want to beat them. We're in church. So I'm like sitting like halfway, I'm like, I'm not even awake yet. Go away. But it's so hellacious. So here she is. She says, I, s- I smell coffee, and, I, and then the Lord spoke strife. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's a spirit of strife that has come into my house, causing my kids to fight. I'm not even flipping eyes open. So go home that night. My mother is there and my husband. And so I sit down. I'm like, Greg, Britt got this word of knowledge. We were doing this, you know, activation. And she was explaining about how coffee, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, so, so Greg and I immediately were like, Lord, we repent. If we've opened up any door, you know, where we've just with each other for strife. So we got, God, we repent. God, we just shut down any door of strife. And we take authority over spirit of strife in our household. In Jesus' name, you cannot, you cannot manifest in our house. So we pray amen. And my mom's just kind of, for those of you who know my mom, she's just kind of like nodding her head. And so the next morning, I was upstairs. Kids, you know, kids wake up, run off to school. And my mom walks into my bedroom and goes, well... Whatever you did with that demon, you chased him right out. (laughs) Amen. And I didn't even initially click what she was saying. I was like, what? what?" I I was like, oh. She goes, yeah. I said, were the kids good? She goes, they were angels. (laughs) So I just felt like that was a word of knowledge for us today. Is there anybody here that feels that what she just spoke? That is powerful. Well, Kekker describes that strife, even the way it looks, is like a, in the spirit, it's like a spider, but it's got a human head on it. And what it does is it jumps from one person to the other. And when, as long as you keep it going, like it will create a web. And webs 
create things to be caught in. And so when you have strife, it's basically when you won't drop the bone. So you're in a fight or you're talking with somebody and this, and, um, you know, it's the sky is blue. No, it's green. No, it's blue. No, it's green. Who cares what the hell the sky color is? It's strife. And so it's basically for us to stop. And my husband's really good at this. Like he'll say, I don't care who's right or wrong. I won't engage in strife. And if that means that you drop whatever you're talking about and just take a breath, walk out, come back, talk about it, you know, vulnerably again. But strife, it, what the Bible say, where there is strife, there's evil of every order. You want to with your partner or your kids, you're opening the door for every demonic order. So who would like to pause? We'll pause for who would like to close that door to strife in their life right now? I just feel like we need to take care of it. Put your hand up. Hand up. I wanted to add to that. Come on, there's more. If you want to close the door to strife in your life. Go listen, ahead, Jamie. I just want to add to that. That's what we do. It could actually be in your workplace. And right after that testimony, I was just talking about people at work or people in your life. And it can attack that too. Same thing. You know, you get around them and they just... Every, you know, they constantly fight against you, and that's what it is. So it's not just family. It's in your workplace. It's in parts of your life that you'll encounter the spirit of strife. So stand up if you want to have that. If you agree with that word and you want it gone, closing the door right now. Come on, if you want strife out of your life. You want to pray it? Father, go ahead. Cole. Just say, Father, I repent. Father, I repent. For opening up a door of strife. For opening up the door of strife. Whoa. And I thank you. I thank you. That your blood. That your blood. Covers the doors of my heart. Closes the doors of my heart. And my relationships. And my relationships. And I forgive. And I forgive. The other people. The other people. Who are engaged in strife with me. Ooh, engaged in strife with me. And in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus. I take authority over strife. Take authority over strife. And I tell you to get away from me. I tell you to get away from me. And shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. And in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By your grace, Holy Spirit. By your grace, Holy Spirit. I choose to live peaceably. Choose to live peaceably. With people around me. People around me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, right now, I just thank you that you take your winnowing fork and you just remove, in Jesus' name, all forms of strife. God, I just see that spider-like thing just bouncing out of here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel it? Yeah. I felt it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've talked about marketplace. We've talked about that would more that was more like a personal word, inner healing. Um, Jamie, obviously, he comes in every week. Man, I was walking by these people. He's always walking by the guys in, that are crippled or broken legs or uh, can I say the drunk people? <laughs> he has he has like a drunk guy that lives in his neighborhood that is Man, why do you love me so much? And Jamie just keeps on loving him. So, Jamie, you're just, you're just amazing. We're so grateful to be around you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. But on Tuesday night, um, we had a, uh, one of our first-year students, Catherine, <laughs> come on up. And she just popped up. David had given this amazing message, and um, he had asked us to, to pray about, um, I forget how we were praying, but I remember it was, we were... Um, it was so powerful. We did so much since then. But she had this amazing testimony that I was like, can you please come share that? Like, she doesn't even come to our church, but she came just for us today. Yay, Catherine. So you can do it. Can you stand beside you? Or you okay. okay. All right. Oh, thank you. This works? Okay. I don't sing, but I know you're supposed to hold it on your chin, I think. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> I am. Okay. Um. Yes, the School of Ministry has been amazing, and I um, have been so blessed in so many ways. So um, what I wanted to share was a dear, dear friend of mine, age 45, lives here in Richmond, uh, married and has three kids. Um, The doctor told her in April that she had blood cancer, and she, um, she decided, her family, they decided to be very aggressive and go up to UVA and have chemo for seven days straight, 24 hours, and then she would stay there. So she stayed there away from her family in Richmond, Um, and then she got a bad 
report, and they had to do it again. So she was up there for six weeks. But last Friday, um, she had called and said, I'm missing my kids. Could you bring them up to me, to UVA? And I said, yes, of course. And drove um, two of her three beautiful kids up there and walked into her room, and um, she just looked glorious. She had lost all her hair and had her scarf on. And um, there was a nurse's board up here. And she said, I'm done with everything, but now I have to have the number 500 to be able to go home. And they test her blood at 5 a.m. every morning. And that day, her number up on the nurse's board was 180. And so I just laid my hand on that number and said, you will be 500 in the name of Jesus. And then I left her, and she had time with her kids. And I came back, picked her kids up. And went home. Well, on Sunday, I got a text from a dear friend that was with her, and she um, had said, "Please pray for my friend, for our friend." Um, her numbers went to three twenty, and she got discouraged Sunday because then they went back down to two seventy. And so, at that point, um, because of everything that I've learned, um, I just got on my hands and knees, literally, and um, and prayed and. Um, I was just praying really hard, and I'll just share my little prayer that I texted um, a group of us that have been praying for her. I said, this is a time for more courage. Psalm 31, 24, it says, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you that hope in the Lord. Lord, we stand together against the discouragement for my friend. You are the God of life, and you've completely healed her. We will not look at the circumstances. We are, you are the lifter of her head. She will press deeper into you and not look to the left or to the right. Bless her tonight with peace and courage to keep pressing into you. You are her provider. I went on and on. But I, the thing that really spoke to me was that um, praying over, you delight in her right now, Lord God, and you have given her 500. We're so excited to see your numbers because you're in charge of numbers you design numbers, and they are your numbers. So you're doing a new thing right now in her body. In Jesus' name, we love you. And, um, and at that point, I personally wanted to rent a movie and go to bed, but I felt like the Lord said, put on my word and go to bed. So I put on Derek Prince, who I love. Anyway, went to bed. Woke up the next morning, and at uh, 8 o'clock, I got a text from my dear friend and said, um, you will not believe it. Mary Brooks has just um, has just texted and said that her numbers are four thousand seven hundred and fifty. So God does care about your numbers. She went home on Monday. She's been home, and um, that is nine times more than what she was asking for. Wow. Wow. Clap again. Yes. Glory to God. He is into multiplication. I love it. Um, We have one more testimony, and then we're going to release everyone into uh, a fun time. But Amy Price, Amy and Grant, they came to us. um, Can I tell a little story about you? So um, we met, I met Grant. It's kind of funny, but I met Grant uh, a year ago through this association. We were having a prayer breakfast, and it was a bunch of people in Richmond. And so, um, we had this thing in common where we both went to the same church before, so we were chit-chatting, and then I never saw him again because I got busy, and he got busy, and then a few months later, we were a bunch of the school of ministry people were at Todd White Conference over the summer, and um, I was like, hey, there's that guy Grant again. Hey, Grant, how you doing? You know, we just kind of waved, and of course, there's millions of people there. Not millions, but a lot of people, and um, so toward the end of the night, you know, if you know Todd White, if anybody knows Todd White, Google him if you don't know him. He always does fire tunnel. So here's Todd with his dreads at the front of the fire tunnel, and he's having every person, every person come through and get prayed for before you leave. He wants to release the fire of God. So here's Todd up here like the baby catcher, right? And we're all coming through, and people are all over the floor. If you've never experienced it, I highly recommend it. It is so much fun. So all of a sudden, like, they were really nice to us. We call them the bouncers because they were like these big guys, and they wouldn't let anybody in line. But we had to drive back to Richmond. This was in D.C. We're like we got to go to church tomorrow. Will you feel sorry for the little old ladies? And he's like, sure. So he lets us in. <laughs> and we're all going like, we're not walking through. We're flying through, you know, like. 
It was like amazing. Like I, that's what happens to me. I'm sorry. It just that's my normal. So I hope you get it one day. It's really fun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hi Danielle. Anyway, so all of a sudden I'm on the floor and I'm trying to peel myself back up after going through the the prep. And there's Grant. And I'm like, there goes Grant. That's the, and he's being carried out. <laughs> he's not walking up. He's got two grown men carrying. He's like a lump of potatoes. And he's being I'm like. Wow, he got whacked, you know, so I kind of laughed. Well, you don't want to disturb when anything, anybody's like that, you leave them alone. Fast forward, a few weeks later, we're going to see a friend um, at a concert, and um, there's Grant, and there's Amy. And I was like, hey, there's that guy. And so he's like, yeah, like, I don't know what happened to me. Like, I've never, <laughs> the way he said it, he goes, I've never had that happen. I was like, oh, that's just Holy Spirit. He's really fun, isn't he? And he was like, yeah. And so we're telling him about our school of ministry, and he's like, I want to do this. If y'all learn that, I want to learn how to do this. Now, he's an ordained, ordained pastor. Isn't that cool? So we're so glad. God's given you a new version of him. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, long story. So Amy, Amy's his wife, and Amy and I teach together at a little Christian, Life Christian Academy in Chester. So Amy comes, and this is all new to her too. And so Amy, come on down, because she's got a testimony that's about to blow you away of how she took what she learned into the schools. Go, Amy. Amy Tag, I'm it. Yeah, I have a visual for you coming. So my name is Amy Price. I am a middle school Bible and history teacher. So on a Tuesday night during school, um, Richard, wave your hand. There's Richard. He, uh, I don't know how that conversation came up, but someone said, do you want to see legs grow out? I've never seen legs grow out. So I remember Belinda and I were like, woo, let's go see. So, so Richard's up here. And sure enough, God does his thing, and his legs grow out. Well, the next morning, I'm teaching Bible healing class. We're talking about, I think the, the title was like, Jesus' healings or something. The kids are taking notes. There's a little downtime period. And I said, hey, by the way, last night I saw legs grow. Like one was uneven, and I saw legs grow. One of my precious seventh graders challenges me, and she says, hey, Miss Price, my legs are not even. And I'm like, oh, no. I had never. <laughs> I have always believed in healing, but I never saw it manifest from, from my prayers. So here I have a class of 15 seventh graders. This one girl has already got her legs out. She, she's ready. She's got one leg up and one leg down. There she is. And so I'm like, okay, so then I use what I've learned in school. And, you know, I lay hands on her and pray over her. Daggone, we saw that leg grow right in front of us. And I think we were all, me included, oh, my gosh, it really happened. Um, but from there on, that, that's not the end of the testimony. So then m my kids are just astounded because we saw the leg grow. So then I have several girls who are now shaking, and they say, Miss Price, why am I shaking? And I said, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm expecting for revival just to break out. So, so then they get excited, and they're shaking. And I said, it doesn't have to be me praying for this healing. You can pray. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's enacted you go pray. So that's what happened here. These two girls especially were, were just really manifesting in the spirit. And then they go to this girl, and then they pray for healing over her, and her legs grow out. It was probably like three or four or five, or a few kids saw this happen. So I just stopped teaching, and we just saw the healing happen. Then their eyes were open, and they said, Miss Price, can we, can we do this? Can we just pray for anyone? And then they started asking questions like, can we go to hospitals? And this really can. So then they started to go to all the classrooms. And they ran in, and they're like, can we interrupt their teaching? And I'm like, well, this is kind of important, but yeah. So then they, they walk into two other classrooms, and they said, there's healing, and who needs healing? And so from that on, that has started a culture in my classroom, especially with the seventh graders. The other day I was um, in my classroom and I had a girl come up to me and she goes, Miss Price, my ankle hurts, pray for it. <laughs> so we've come to this point in the classroom and it started with um, the school of ministry and my eyes being open to 
the fact that healing still happens. And, and so from then on, it kind of came in. I, I, I say to my kids all the time, this is a living God. This is not a God that I teach about in our Bible class. This is not a God that we talk about who, who did healings and, you know, back in the day. This is now. This is a living God. And so continue to pray. I want to turn this into a prayer request, too. Continue to pray for these kids. We had some kids who came back, and they said, my mom said that that really didn't happen. And my mom said this. And, but there was a culture that was created. There was this revival that started, and then we went into the high school. And so just continue to join me in prayer for these precious students. These are middle schoolers. So continue to join me in prayer for them. Okay. Amen. Uh Another word of knowledge through testimony. Who's a school teacher in here? Who wants to see the Holy Spirit in your classroom? Come on. Who would, okay, maybe if you're not. A teacher, but you have a call for schools, being children being healed in schools. Come on, I'm a teacher. I'm telling you, we and the teachers need needing prayer. Stand up. There should be more than one of two, or workplace. Yeah. Okay. So Amy is saying more workplace. Um, if you have a child that goes to school, a public school specifically, or you're in college and you feel like you need that interference, come on. There's more, y'all. Are there grandbabies here? Are there grandparents here? Are there parents here that will stand? Come on. We need prayer. We need God back in schools. I am very determined on this. Come on. Let's do it. The whole church. Let's go, Amy. And, and just to, real quick, to help you understand, what, stay up, stand up. Um, the testimony in the Hebrew has one of the meanings called to do it again. All right? So once a word of knowledge has been released, once the word has gone forth, grace is still available for you. doesn't mean it only, it's only going to work for her. It's going to work for you as well because of her testimony. You can, you can attach on to that and allow it to happen in your life. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to minister, God, to this next generation. God, I thank you that you are still healing. I thank you, God, that you are still restoring God, I thank you that you are speaking to these young people. God, I just speak on behalf of these young people. And God, I just impart to these people in front of me just a spirit of belief, God. Just a spirit, God, of expectation of what it is that you're going to do through their grandchildren, through their children, through their workplace. God, I just impart just a spirit of courage that, God, that through my testimony, may they feel the courage and the boldness to go out tomorrow, God, and say, I heard this testimony. And, God, I know that you will be inactive through that. So, God, I just impart boldness. I impart courage. And I impart healing, God, to come upon all these people who are standing here today on behalf of the young generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. And... uh Y'all can go ahead and sit down. All of our students, we want to come up front. We're going to let them operate in words of knowledge. All right? It's one of the gifts of the Spirit available to every one of us. And an interesting thing about prophecy is prophecy is not always immediately able to see the result of it. Right? Prophecy can be in the future. Words of knowledge, however, are immediately discernible. Right? We can see if that was truly from God immediately by somebody receiving that word or... or, um, being able to have that word spoken over them. And it's a safe place, right? We're a school. We're learning. One of the things in Bethel, they say, you have to fail at least three times in the school to make it through graduation. We want to fail because we want to be able to thought, hmm, okay, that wasn't you. All right, let's try it again. Boom. We get to know that voice of God, just like you know your mother's voice. You can be in a crowd of people. Your mom can say something. Ooh, that's mom. Because you know that voice. We're learning that with God as well. All right, who's first? Who's got a word? All right. Uh, Elisa Carter. We've been saved for 46 years, and there's still more of the Lord. My testimony is my husband is fighting against Alzheimer's. The testimony is that the Lord is with us every step of the way. What the enemy intended for evil the Lord works together for good. Instead of becoming weak because of this situation, we are becoming stronger. And my, 
my prayer is that anyone else who is in a situation like life, <laughs> that we will pray for you. All right, so anybody know someone that needs to stand, you need to stand in proxy, or you know someone that has Alzheimer's? Stand up. Alzheimer's? Dementia. They kind of go together. Okay. Bipolar. All right. Any, any disease of the brain. Bipolar, yes. whatever. Yes. <laughs> Heavenly Father, in the name yes. of Jesus, we pray for miracles. Yes. Miracles Hallelujah. happen. Miracles happen. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will, we will see a difference in the lives of the people that are being represented here and in their caregivers, Lord. I pray that other people will come around and come together as the... Healings may not be immediate, but as we are walking through the process, in Jesus' name, amen. And we take full authority over that right now in Jesus' name. Okay, so as I, was praying, as I was praying this morning, I did get a word of knowledge, um, and, it, and it was a birthday. So whose birthday is June 13th? Or you know someone who is June 13th? Is there anyone here? All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now for Kevin. Everybody reach your hands toward Kevin. Oh, it's your mother. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay, so Kevin, what I saw over you and you stood up was honor. And so I just speak that honor over you as a son into your mom's life, that you and that connection with you and your mom is just going to be so honoring. I see you as a son of honor, a a son that that actually knows who you are and you know your authority in Christ, and you also obey authority. And um, I also hear the Lord saying that you're a good, good father, that you have stewarded your time well, and that you're a good father. Kevin, you're a good father. So as you are standing in proxy for your mom, we pray healing and health over her and anything that's going on in her life, but we also pray for you that you will prosper as your soul prospers. Okay, sometimes um, words of knowledge are interesting. So I was standing there this morning, looked down on the ground, and I saw this paper clip. And then, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And then, of course, I opened my eyes again, and the Lord kept drawing my eyes to this paper clip. So he said to pick it up. And so once I picked it up, he was revealing to me, like, what is a paper clip used for? And I thought it's used to hold things together. And what he was speaking to my spirit is that there are people that are trying to hold everything together themselves, that they need to undo the paperclip and let go and let it go to God and to trust in God. So if there's anyone here that have just really felt this, okay, I'm just holding it together, God. I know you've got it, but you haven't released it to God. This is a day to release it to God, to let go of the paperclip. Does that speak to anyone here? else? Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, right now we just pray in the wonderful name of Jesus for each and every person here that has stood up, Lord, that has released this paperclip in the name of Jesus, God. They are trusting you with everything. We just thank you right now, and I would just do a prophetic act right now and raise your hands to heaven that you are saying, I am releasing this in the name of Jesus Whatever it is, it has no more power or authority over your life, whether it's worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, you must go. And I just thank you, God, that you are in control. We just know that you have our lives and our hearts, and we just thank you, God, that you are powerful, and we thank you just for this release right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody with a left knee injury, pain? Left knee. Well, perfect knees. Awesome. Who else? Anybody got one? All right. Yeah, go ahead, Britt. Um, the day, October 27th. Oh. Does anyone have a birthday or anniversary? Is that a special day to anyone? October 27th. Is your anniversary? Um, I thought it was an anniversary, like a wedding anniversary. Um, I see, like, new waves. I see. Where's your husband right now? Can you come up and stand with her? New way. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
35th anniversary. Can we clap for them? That's a big deal. Um, I like. I know you guys have received words for your marriage before. Like I've been in the presence, but um, I just see like new waves of mercy, um, and I see sparks flying. And you know, you know what that means, like romantically. But also, like I feel like it's an electric spark. And when sparks fly, they catch onto the things around them, like especially wood. Um, and wood, like fire falls and sacrifice, right? So I feel like you guys are a living sacrifice for all that's around you. Um, thank you for being the pillar that you guys are. And I feel that your marriage is an exemplary marriage for others around you. Of I think, will you guys even have anything to do with like marriage ministry, like counseling, even if it's like informal? Yeah. Um, I just thank you, Lord, for healing that you bring over them. You guys have like a portion of healing over you. Um, and I'm so grateful that you guys, you guys are the last ones standing. Like honestly, in our culture, divorce is the norm, right? So you guys, it's up to you, the married ones, and speaking to everyone to fight for the rest of us and show us how it's done. Do you know what I mean? Amen. So we just bless them. Can anyone who's, everyone, stand up if you're married? I just want to release a blessing over the married ones over here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray blessing over these people who have become one flesh. Thank you, Jesus, that you have chosen marriage as the light in the city on a hill to your bride and to your people and to the world. And so thank you, Jesus, that you, I pray for a fresh releasing of love and renewal of peace, understanding, um, and solidarity amongst the loved ones who love each other. Thank you, Jesus, that you're so good. Amen. She's 40. Um, does your daughter also have blonde hair? Does she, does she have light eyes? Does your daughter have light eyes? Um, I feel this is for her, right? So you can just give this to her. Um, I feel that she is a servant, that she has a servant heart. Um, and sometimes she feels like she's overseen or overlooked. Um, but God sees her and everything that she's done. And I feel like her prayer closet is just alive, like full of icy green plants um, that she just prays and prays and prays into the spirit realm. Um, and I feel a harvest is coming soon. Like I see wheat fields. Um, she's going to reap those prayers. God never, never not hears. He always hears. Um, and he's always leaning in to listen. Um, so she's faithful, and God sees the faithful, and he loves the faithful. So just encourage her in that. Britt is a first-year student. <laughs> Woo! You go, girl. Okay, so Julie. Uh, Julie's also a first-year student. Uh, I heard the word barren. Uh, someone's having a hard time uh, conceiving, and I just wanted to speak life. This could also be a spiritual barrenness you're going through right now. Amen. person, I just I see multiples, oh, multiples. <laughs> meeting, uh, they've been really praying um, a lot, and it's not only going to be one, it's, it's going multiples. to be okay. multiples. I, I'm real short with prayer, but I just uh, speak life into the wound, just life yes. and abundance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Julie. See? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. They're just taking a risk. Who's next? <laughs> Inside joke here. So I'm not a singer, but they... Uh, anyways. Uh, um, uh, so this whole, uh, this whole service, actually starting from worship on, I, I just keep on... You know, uh, is getting you know, Jehovah Nissi, like one of my favorite names of, of God is Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner and victory. And, uh, you know, as I'm up here, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, personal for me too as well. And just seeing that, you know, that uh, the victory is in Christ Jesus, your victory is in Christ Jesus. And while I've been up here praying, uh, 
you know, he like he literally like holds this banner in front of you, like you know, you're just following behind him, and he is yeah. victorious. And as I'm up here praying here, I feel like maybe there's somebody here yeah. that uh, it's a child, you know, one of the, somebody, uh, you know, a child in your family it's, it has has gone their own way, uh, you know, they're, they're lost, they don't know uh, the Lord Jesus, you know, right now, and you've been praying and interceding for on be, on their behalf. And uh, I just, is there anybody here that they've been praying for their, their child? And if you can just stand up here, I just want to, I want to, you know, pray for you here right now. We want to pray for you right now. The victory is in Christ. The victory is yes. in Christ. Prayer yes. unlocks that victory. We're believing right now for that victory to come. He's holding the banner and victory in front of your child, in front of your son, in front of your daughter right now. And Lord, we just pray. We come to you. You're the, the, the God that unlocks doors, Father God. You're the God that, uh, that closes doors. And right now, we're believing right now that you just unlock the doors of these children's heart, our children's heart. Father God, inside they're longing like a deer panted for water. They're really longing. They just don't know it, that they're thirsty for the waters that come from the throne of God. And so Lord, we just pray that you just break down those barriers, heal those hardened uh, hearts, till up those hardened areas of their hearts right now, Father God, that they may come to see, cause the blinders to fall from their eyes like scales, Father God, and open up their hearts, Father God. God, we're believing for salvations that right now the Holy Spirit is going to them and convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come and bringing the goodness of God clear into to their focus, into their mind, into their ears, that, that, that by the goodness of God you're leading them to repentance, Father God. And so, Lord, we're believing that these, ch- these children may be set free right now, that the victory is in them that you're waving the banner of victory and encourage them. Encourage the the, the parents as they're praying that you have heard their prayers and that you are working behind the scenes. You're working in their hearts. You're knocking at the doors of their hearts. We thank you, Lord, for victory. Victory in our kids' lives. Victory in our daughters' lives. And victory in our sons' lives, Father God, that there will be a turning of their hearts towards you. And we thank you, Lord, and love you and look forward to the victory in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the, the best things about this school is the relationships that you cultivate. For any of you who have ever been to a home group where you become vulnerable, where people know you, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're not just a person on Sunday morning somebody hugs and says, oh, bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. You become friends. You become counselors to each other. And we, we bear each other's burdens. And if you're, if you're missing that and you want to be a part of our group on Tuesday nights, we'll be starting up again after Labor Day in uh, September. We take the summer off. But uh, how many of you have cultivated lifelong relationships just in this one year? Amen. And as, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. We're vulnerable for each other with each other, and we're taking risks. We're learning to walk like Jesus walked, and that's the main thing. Jesus said, I am the perfect representation of the Father. So if we can learn how he lived, how he talked, how he acted, we can become like him. Assessor friend, prayer warrior. She's uh, been praying for people with um, that has like um, brain yeah. so rewiring. neurons, neurons and rewiring. So I would like you to speak into that uh, specifically for autism, as you all know, but also just anybody that's had a traumatic brain injury, um, or just for God to restore the neurons and the connections. Any places that the enemy is trying to um, kill, we serve a God of restoration and restoration.
So I'm hearing accidents, people that had accidents as well that caused some brain trauma, brain swelling. Um, Drug addiction, alcoholism, things that have altered the brain. Drug addiction, alcoholism, things that have altered the brain. So you can also stand in proxy for people. We've seen people being healed when you stand in proxy. Don't be embarrassed. We're family. Amen. Amen. There you go. Anything else? So, yes? So you can, stand in, you can stand in proxy for all of those children. And if anybody knows anybody, you can stand in proxy for them. So, Father, we just come before you and we give you all the glory. We thank you for your goodness. We know that you have a purpose and a destiny for each and every one of these persons that we are speaking and standing in proxy for for a specific time for your kingdom. So we command those neurons, those synapses to come in alignment with you, Jesus. We command healing over that. Any areas in the brain that has not had oxygen, that you will restore that, that you will bring life to those places in the brain. We know. We give you all the glory. We thank you for this. We thank you for uh, Jesus going into those trauma, into those places where people have had the trauma, um, into that injury, that you will uh, not only heal the, the brain, but the soul, that you will uh, take away any foothold that the enemy has, that you, uh, we, we declare complete healing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, every, every part of their body coming into alignment thank you for that. We thank you for that. If anyone else needs prayer that we haven't addressed already, come up front. They're going to be lined up here in the front. If you need to go, 